everybody, welcome to the first pilot test episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who's with me tonight? I got nothing. I go Kay Hughes, and I go where I want to go. <laughs> Carrie Chandler, and uh, I... <laughs> you took mine. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I had. I, I know when I was wa- when I was watching this, I'm like, hey, that's a good quote. I should write that down. And then I didn't yeah, write it down. that's what I wrote he, down. He too. only says it like three or four times. How about, <laughs> I hope you're not with mall security. <laughs> Just a baby okay, chili that, fries. Oh yeah, there, this definitely came out in the nineties. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was super nineties. <laughs> so this was our first Patreon poll that we did on the show. Um, what we did for our first pilotist episode is we let you got we let you guys vote, and five people voted on our Patreon and the choices. And what one was X Men Night of the Sentinels, the first pilot of the nineteen nineties X Men series. <laughs> the second pilot, really. Oh, what was the first pilot? Pride of the X-Men. Oh, yeah, but wasn't that like, isn't yeah. Pride of X-Men like older than that? Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, like late 80s. But yeah. I still feel like it was the precursor to this. God, Pride of X-Men's so good, though. I it think, was right? the, the pilot test, you might say. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Pride of the X-Men is 1989. This is 91. This is also a different team, so. Eh. Yeah. What I do like, I think I remember liking that pilot, but I don't know if I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to find out. So. <laughs> Wolverine with an Australian accent is all uh-huh. I remember. Is that isn't that in this one or that or that's the oh the pride is the Australian yeah, accent. Pride of the X-Men. Of the X-Men. Wolverine's got a okay. thick Australian accent. I haven't seen it in years. It's on YouTube, by the way. Yeah. But this is not. This is on Disney Plus. I mean, I I do own the DVD of this, so the first two volumes of this cartoon when they came out Same. back in two thousand something. Yeah. Because they came in little holographic little DVD cases and I was so excited to pick them up. So Yeah, exactly. I got the same exact thing on my shelf. They look cool. Yeah. I think I sold mine though, but they look cool. I don't think I kept them. I don't. This show is not something I need to rewatch. I found <laughs> out real fast. <laughs> it was it was better than I remembered it being. Okay. People have a lot of love for this show. Oh yeah, people love the '90s cartoon. It, it's yeah, definitely... this was. I was watching it with my son this morning, and I was telling him this was my very favorite show when I was like ten years old. It was like absolute above every other show. And then I came back and rewatched it like 12 years ago. And I was like, oh, this is terrible. And then watching it last (laughs) night, I was like, oh, no, this is not that bad. It's fine for a 90s cartoon show. It's a a 90s kid show. Like, it just, I mean, but we got so many great figures from the show, though. Oh, yeah. I I had so many Toy Biz toys from the show. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking at, I've got a collection. I've got like the, almost all of them. And I'm looking at selling them right now. Just because my son doesn't play with action figures like I thought he would, and I'm like, well, I don't need to keep all these. But I mean, that it, it's I think it's also the thing that maybe brought X Men more into the into the public. I mean, X Men had been around in the comics and everything, but I feel like this show really made the X Men stand out to the average person. Oh, a hundred percent. And and like I know this is what got me into comics. Like I started with this show, and then I met my best friend who was a big comic nerd. And he got me on comics and gave me a bunch of his. He gave me, you know, X-Men number one and Wolverine number one and all that and got me into it. And I started collecting and I collected for until I was in my mid-teens. And then I just kind of dropped it. I think shifted my money over to magic cards instead. That's a a tunnel to go down with magic cards. Another thing I don't do anymore. (sighs) I know I watched this back in the day. I've definitely seen these episodes, and I know I can think of a few other ones, but I probably only watched it until about 94 when a better Marvel cartoon started, and then that was that was my focus. Wait, what's a better Marvel cartoon than this? The Spider-Man animated series. Oh, have you revisited that? I, I had to watch the pilot last night after watching this one to uh, wash the oh. taste out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna tell you, man. I I I rewatched a little bit of that recently. I thought it was way worse than this. Oh really? Wow. Oh yeah. I used to <laughs> I used to love the Spider-Man one too, and all that. And ooh. Uh, so I mean, the other thing is interesting. I feel like the team is interesting to me because this is not the regular X-Men team. Maybe it was kind of like the team in the '90s at the time for the comic. Yeah. And that's what they went with. Th- this is this is a lot of the. If I recall correctly, this is a lot of the um, '90s Gold Team. That, oh. And they, they kind of, um, they rebooted X-Men in like 90 or 91. So you had Uncanny and then <clears throat> they started X-Men. And the front cover of that is Cyclops, Wolverine, Storm, Colossus, who's not in this, uh, Jean Grey, 
uh, it's like basically it's mostly the cast of this show minus Jubilee because she was, as I understand it, created for the show and then added to the comics later. But it's they 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 uh, they did a good job coordinating the teams. Okay. Because yeah. I because I, I, I knew X I f- I've never been a big fan of this team. Well, my original X Men is probably the X Men. That was my original exposure, and then the X Men oh, really? game. So like for this was a little bit like not my team, <laughs> but it's a fine team. I, I think it's interesting how like Gambit and Rogue play such a big part in this, and Wolverine, Cyclops, Gene, Beast, and, and the one character to me that I did not know at all and still hate to this day is Morph. <laughs> oh yeah, he's I hate Morph. Yeah, yeah. So he does have the best line in the episode when he's morphs into the the guy on TVs. My fellow Americans, I am an idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good stuff. I mean, it's a very good '90s type, you know, thing that a, a kid would laugh in the '90s. I feel like. It's still funny this day, so you know, and we're '90s kids. Well, yeah, I thought, I, mean, I, I, I thought Morph was fine in this. It felt like he was created to die. Basically, he was put <laughs> into the show so he could be dead to give you kind of a, a, sacri- a heroic sacrifice. Yeah, they had to kill somebody, I guess, and they couldn't kill off anyone else. That you know, everyone else knew all the other characters. Nobody knew who the hell Morph was. Yeah. By the way, I was looking at that uh, X Men number one I was talking about that my my friend gave me. I was looking at the fold-out cover, and it is the cast of this show, except instead of Jubilee, you have Psylocke, and then Colossus is also Colossus and Archangel also also on there, and then otherwise it's the cast of this show. So that that actually makes a lot of sense, and it's '91, which is this is the show came out in '91, right? Uh, yeah, '92. I think it started production '91, though. Yeah, so I think Marvel was like really coordinating things pretty well to get you know, like here's the show, now here's the book. You know, you can watch the other comics. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Which is kind of like then whenever they sold the film right and all that. And uh, then the movies started coming out. You stop seeing the the X-Men like really kind of dies down in the comics as well. Yeah. Because Marvel was upset. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Marvel holds it. They made some bad business decisions that they're still paying for. Uh huh. Almost done though paying for them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's Spider-Man still. Yeah. Yeah, Spider-Man's the last key, last little piece to the puzzle. And I don't know when they're getting that back, so <laughs> not anytime too soon, I think. But I think I think Sony's got enough money; they never have to worry about that. Yeah, they'll probably keep it. Yeah, and I I gotta say, the intro, that music is still great. After all these years, it still stands out so good. Yeah, I was I was thinking, and I think it's like this and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers theme songs are like <laughs> the best theme songs like of any TV show. At least kids' show. DuckTales is pretty up there. DuckTales is pretty up there. That's, true. That's true. They used to do some really good theme songs for shows. I mean, I guess they still do. Yeah, but like a lot of shows anymore, you get three seconds of the logo and then it's back to the show yeah. or commercials, whatever. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the shows like my son watches and it's like Teen Titans has a really good one. Mm-hmm. Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go has got a good one. But We've- yeah. We've been watching the 2017 Spider-Man cartoon, and it's really just the logo, and he kind of comes out and shoots a web, and then it's that's it. There's really no music to it. Oh, yeah. Probably how things have changed a lot. They don't do that as much anymore. And make more more room for commercials on TV. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, we don't have Captain America throws his mighty shield, like, you know, we did in the old cartoon. Someone got that reference. Yeah. <laughs> that's familiar. It's an it's old-ass Captain America cartoon, I think, from the 670s, maybe? I've seen it off and on but the intro music in this is so good and you see all the x-men you see the brotherhood which you don't even know who they are in this first episode they're not even in here you see yeah. the attack and collide it's, it's such a good intro still after all this time it really it really is and and uh like i was saying with that that comic it kind of mirrors that a little bit except for the comic it's just magneto that they're all like charging at yeah but this is i mean it also it, you know it gives you the name of all the mutants too that are part of the x-men so you get to see who's who and you know who they are with their cool little font and everything yeah and short display of their powers yeah and i swear jubilee always looked like she was naked you're not jubilee uh gene gray gene gray years. yeah she has a flesh-colored bodysuit yeah. this is the worst costume for her i don't really get it is. i don't get why they didn't give it like a little more color because i remember as a kid i'm like what the hell why is she naked (laughs) and and that's that's how it was in the comics too and i think that's exactly why is they're like well we want to make it look like she's naked but we want to be able to be like no see look it's just a flesh colored bodysuit for (laughs) reasons look there's pockets on it she has flesh pockets on her thighs so it's all right and also in the intro why is i think the guy is it there's a one of the x-force members is in the brotherhood in the little intro or one later 
He's the Indian guy. I don't know his name. Or Native American guy, I should say. I don't know his name. He's the, with the blue and red costume. I was going to say really, T-Hawk, but that's Street Fighter. I'm really curious. No, that's Street Fighter. <laughs> you pull up the intro, you'll see there's two. I know they're like for the for the Brotherhood, they have Avalanche, Sabretooth, Mystique, Magneto, Pyro, Juggernaut. And I there's two characters I don't know. One, I know who he is just by looking at him, and he's not a Brotherhood, and I don't know who the other guy is. If anyone you see Avalanche without his helmet. Which is stupid. Yeah. Avalanche should not, not have his helmet on. Yeah, the, that guy in the blue and red looks really familiar. He's a new mutant for sure. Warpath? Yes, Warpath. Oh, there you go. Yeah. The other guy just looks like the leader from the Hulk. I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why why Warpath is like, he's not a villain, though. Well, they had to fill out the rosters, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's Warpath, all right. You got a Juggernaut, Warpath. I don't know who the little green guy is with the big head either. No. And you got, I got nothing. Pyro, Mystique, Sabretooth, and Avalanche. I mean, I feel like there's other. I mean, why not just put Toad in there? Uh-huh. Yeah. To- Toad is in the show, or Blob. Blob is in the series also. But, I mean, <laughs> they weren't there in the first season, so. You know, all the characters you choose from, we're going to pick Warpath, the one that's not even a, not even a villain. Well, they may have given him a, a, a turn in the show. I don't uh, remember him showing up in the show, though. I don't either. According to a quick Google search, the other guy is. Yuri Tobolov. And apparently he doesn't even have a mutant name. I don't know who this oh. guy is. All right. Someone created for the cartoon. He was the first foe of the Hulk. So he is kind of like the leader. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Look at There you go. Well, do we want to do we want to talk about Jubilee a little bit? Sure. You don't want me to, but sure, sure, someone should. <laughs> well, so she was created for the show, right? Because they my my kind of my understanding of it was that they didn't have the rights to Kitty Pride for the cartoon for some reason. Maybe they did, and they just decided she wouldn't work. Because in the in the comics, you know, Shadowcat Kitty Pride had filled the like the Jubilee role in this show as like the the audience cipher character who can like stand in for the kids and who has kind of like a father daughter relationship with Wolverine. Billy's like first appearance was Uncanny X-Men number 244 in 1989. So she had been around for a little bit. Yeah, and, and at this time in the comics, up until the reboot, that was, I know maybe even after the reboot, that was like the thing, that was one of the like storylines is that Wolverine kind of like was protective of her the way he is over Jubilee in this series, so not as much in this episode. But I think, yeah, for whatever reason, they're like, we need a different character for that not Shadowcat, we need something else. And so they made super 90s girl Jubilee. She's just sir, there so everyone can spit exposition at her. She's the, like you said, the audience surrogate. I don't yeah. like her at all. And I like, vampire powers. I really liked her when I was a kid. Like I found like my drawing journals and I like drew her and I like made like my own character that was like, like her, but was like, but had claws for some reason. So I must have liked her when I was a kid. I don't know. I was reading also her bio. She's supposed to be 90 pounds. Yeah, yeah I saw show. that on the Sentinel. <laughs> and I also, I never uh, realized when I was a kid that she was supposed to be Chinese or Chinese American. Yeah, I knew she was some sort of Asian descent. Yeah, I mean, I found that out later. But yeah, as a kid, I never noticed that when the, the Sentinel's reading it, it says Chinese American. It's like, okay, that's cool. You don't have a lot of time for that part, yeah. though. It's a yeah. very quick pops up, and at the time we wouldn't have been able to pause it once we you yeah. know, videotaped it first. So no pausing, and I'm probably watching on my 13 inch CRT in my bedroom. <laughs> it's not long. It's it's just there to have it there. I've not really expected you to catch it. I don't. I don't think, especially if you're a kid. Yeah, she's five foot, ninety pounds, Chinese American. I do like the way the Sentinels are. How they can see. How they like they look at stuff. Like, oh, this is this. I I did think that was kind of cool. Yeah, I think it was very like Terminator. Like, I feel like Terminator and RoboCop were in the minds of the people making this a little bit. Yeah. There's no way the government went sections of those things. Just that one Sentinel chasing after Jubilee causes so much destruction. That's what I was thinking. The cop's <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Like, three stories tall, and he just smashes that window out of the front of the mall. It's like, yeah, that's fine. He's trying to yeah, get that one mutant girl. I think I think is the way I remembered it was that they were working with the government, but in the show, they say that the government doesn't isn't involved, but then later the president knows about it. So such a sound like normal government where we have no idea what's happening, even though we sanctioned it. We have no idea. Yeah, but it's like, it's an outside group. The mutant control agency is like its own group. 
I can see that. It, if, I, they do a, if I recall, they're they're kind of one of the they're one of the menacing villains for the first couple of seasons. Yeah, because they have Trask comes up pretty early in the, in yeah, the, he's he's in the, in the second episode. part of this. Yeah, or in the second part. Yeah, I think he's like where I want it all. He shows up. It's, it's played by uh, what's his name, Tyrion Lannister. <laughs> oh. in, the, <laughs> in Days of Future Past, Peter Dinklage. Peter That's Dinklage. Movie. Yeah, played by Peter Dinklage in Days of Future Past. Or no, not Days of Future Past. Uh, what is it? It is future past. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. That's right. Where Mystique, they're trying to kill him, and they go back in time to stop her. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I also want to say, like, the first scene you see right of this X-Men cartoon to kind of, like, grab your attention, which has nothing to do with this two-part at all, is Sabretooth destroying cars out in the middle of the street. This scene throws, throws a car and hits a, a, a news helicopter with it. <laughs> yeah. Throws a car like it's made of paper, and it just explodes. A and police the, car. Police the reporter's car. like... Who uh, this this person who may be a, a mutant? It's like, yeah, you think you think yeah. that guy's a mutant? We don't know for sure. He only nine, threw a car, but we don't know. The nine foot tall guy covered in fur with claws. <laughs> yeah, I I do like this take of Sabretooth, though. Unfortunately, yeah. I forgot he's not in this at all. He doesn't show up. I think the next episode. Yeah, he's in the 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 third episode is when they finally fight. They find Mag- they discover Magneto and his group. Okay. I remember so little of this cartoon. I mean, I, I recently watched Days of Future Past, a two-part. Well, I tried and I failed. This is better than that well, two-part, but, but that's because I just read the book. But I did laugh like when they when when when, when Jubilee's parents, they turn her in. They're like, oh, she's a mutant. They'll come and get her. They'll be okay. And all of a sudden, like the next scene you see after she escapes is a huge hand just breaking their house and pull and to grab her out of her bed. It's like. Was that really worth it, guys? Like your whole house. Well, they didn't know that was going to happen. Is the thing like the the mom's like, I can't believe you called them, and the dad's like, Well, no, 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 they're not going to hurt her. That it's an outreach program. They're going to help her, you know, deal with her problem. So So, I was like, I I don't know. I felt I I felt like the end of the at the end of the two parter, they kind of redeemed the parents also and show that they you know they meant well. They just messed up, you know, (laughs) got tricked. I was like, Well, that's good because it it felt like it would have been easy to just make the parents bigots and well you know like pyro's parents in uh in or no Iceman's parents in mm-hmm. the second x-men movie where they're just like can't you just try not being a mutant <laughs> oh yeah because they're just bigots in that i got real hung up on the stupid things the sentinels did because like mm-hmm. these are supposed to be super intelligent robots the one tries to pick up the dog market at him for explicably no reason it just yeah. reaches out the dog runs away and then like they just stomp all over the place, creating mass destruction. And they smash that hole in Jubilee's room, trying to get her. And he pulls out the the makeshift uh, bed dummy that she made. He's like, "Oh, this is a mutant. My bad." And he just like turns and walks away. He's like, in, "Inanimate object, error, inanimate object." <laughs> Don't you have <laughs> enter like specifically to detect the X gene? Like you can. You would think so. <laughs> like you think yeah, they'll tell. But then they they do somehow track her to the mall. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and it's funny also the 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 artist could not decide how big the sentinels are supposed to oh, be. Oh yeah, it's all so over there's the There's so place. many shots where like human beings come up to their ankles and then there's shots where human beings come up to like past their waist. <laughs> I don't remember it's that. It's like sometimes they're three stories tall, sometimes they're like 10 feet tall. <laughs> but it's the same one, it'll just be one shot like in the second whenever she's later whenever she's escaping from like the mutant jail. She's like surrounded by them and they're only like maybe 12 feet tall. And then in the next shot, they're like the size of buildings. It's I just saw them the size of buildings mostly. I didn't catch that they were sometimes smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, again, but it'd be the same one. So it's like they're not supposed to be smaller. They're just, you know, bad cartoon drawn, drawn badly, sloppily. But I mean, I figure w- this is the pilot. So I don't know if it gets better. I feel like Sentinels don't play as big as a part later on. Like they were just because I mean this is a cartoon where each one you want to have different villains. You can sell different toys. So I feel like this wasn't the Sentinels don't keep coming back as much. Yeah, I mean they come back some because basically like in the show you have they're different kind of like each season. There's a couple of different villains that they're dealing with, and so in like the first or first at least the first season it's like the Mutant Control League and then Magneto and the Acolyte. And then the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants gets thrown in there at some point, and and then someone, Mister Sinister, eventually shows up with his people, and then Apocalypse and and his stuff. But the, and the Sentinels, yeah, they kind of they become like by far the least threatening of all their adversaries. I mean, they're hell of a 
hell of a thing to deal with in this and win this when you think about like what they what they what they do, like how big they are and how many there are. Yeah. Because there are a lot. <laughs> well, and in the in the cartoon version of Days of Future Past, the Sentinels are like a major thing, which I guess they are in the comics too. But they like also the- kind of jump rope on how much punishment they can take. Oh yeah, because <laughs> Storm and Rogue and Whale on the one, then Cyclops just takes off its head in like one go. Yeah, <laughs> then later Cyclops is fighting them and just getting his butt kicked, and it's like, uh-huh. man, you should have you should have used the full power beam the whole time. Like, are you going to run out of eye lasers? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I noticed that a lot. Like, it all depended on what the plot wanted was how much damage he would do to them. And same thing with Jubilee. Like, usually her powers just create sparks that annoy people. And then at one point, she blows a wall off of a off of a building with her powers. <laughs> with her, I can at least say, like, well, maybe she's really powerful and just doesn't know how to control it yet. And so, but that isn't how the show makes it. No, like, and the whole reason I still think it's funny. The reason they know she's a mutant, she destroyed the VCR, and I destroyed. I'm just like, by eh. touching it. She just shorts out electronics. But she was wearing freaking like rubber gloves at one point. And she still destroys stuff at the arcade. Like I thought that was kind of like okay. Got her April yeah. O'Neil yellow rain slicker on. Uh, <laughs> was that a thing back then or something? Or just nineties? Uh, so y'all both watched the cartoon as kids too, but just not as yes. religiously as me. Yeah. I think I watched a lot of it when I was a kid, from what I remember. I remember bits and pieces of a lot of episodes. I know I used to have my uncle who had a VCR tape episodes for me. Like, I had a Juggernaut episode I watched over oh, and nice. over and over again. This is why I really like Apocalypse is because of this show. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I don't think I saw the later stuff, but I definitely did watch the first couple seasons multiple times. And I, at some point years ago when they came out on DVD, I went and bought the first two and I watched both of those. And then I never went back. Yeah, that's that I realized was, that it ran good. for they realized it ran for five seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it religiously as a kid. I saw every episode and then, yeah, I bought the DVDs when they came out and tried watching them. And I was like, oh, this is terrible. I don't want to watch this. But <laughs> watching it last night, like I say, I was like, well, this isn't that bad, actually. Like if my kid wanted to watch it, I could sit and watch it with him and not be annoyed. I don't know that I would sit down and watch it for myself, though. The only yeah. X-Men cartoon I've seen of the three all the way through is Evolution. Evolution's pretty good. Yeah, it's yeah. real good. Yeah, evolution is good. Well, this is just very much its era. There was yeah. one real scene that made me laugh my ass off. I don't think it was supposed to. Maybe it was supposed to. When Jubilee is heading back to the house, and there's a sentinel standing beside <laughs> the building hiding. <laughs> and she just noticed. Oh, <laughs> I'm just like, it. how? He's just like, he's like pressed up against the building like he's a ninja or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like 50 feet tall. And she doesn't notice him at all. And I'm just like, how? Yeah. I mean, again, that's just what they were going for, but it, it, it made me laugh hard. I was like, okay. It, it did have some amusing parts. Like, I, I was surprised that I actually did enjoy this more than I expected to, because when I watched Days of Future Past, the two-part, I couldn't even finish the second episode. It just, I just couldn't get, I'm like, this is stupid. Yeah. And with this, I didn't have a choice, but also, it, I wasn't, I had some enjoyment out of it. It wasn't, ter- it wasn't, it had its moments. I really don't like Jubilee, so that made it harder for me, but that's more of a me thing than I think the show. I just don't like her. Yeah, well, that, and I think the thing is, like we were saying, she's the audience stand-in for little kids. So when oh, you're a little kid, Jubilee's not a problem. It's the same. It's kind of the Wesley Crusher thing. When you're like nine years old, Wesley <laughs> Crusher, it's like, oh, it's cool. It's like a kid is on the show. On the show. But then when you're an adult, you're like, oh, shut up, Wesley. And I still like Wesley. <laughs> you feel shut up, Wesley, toward Jubilee a lot, I think. Yeah, probably. I don't think I liked her even when I was a kid, though. But I can't remember because that was a long time ago. But I, I don't think I've ever liked Jubilee. I know I've she's like one of those characters I'm not a fa- I've just never been a fan of. I do like Gambit in this a lot. I think I had a crush on her when I was like ten. <laughs> yeah, this was definitely the the point where Gambit's popularity kind of shot through the roof. Oh yeah, he was in everything from here on. I enjoyed in this one something I don't remember him doing where he's doing the thing, you know, where you hold the deck of cards in your hand upright and make them mm-hmm. <laughs> flip out. I don't remember him doing that before. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's smart. Don't just have to throw him like little darts or little ninja stars. But he always I was also something I was noting is some characters always wear their costumes and then some characters will wear street clothes occasionally. <laughs> and so it's like Jubilee, her street clothes are her costume, right? Mm-hmm, and yeah. but then like like Gambit always wears his costume, even when he's supposed to be like incognito, like 
undercover or something when he goes back to Louisiana and stuff, he still always wears his ridiculous costume. Yeah, the costume for him is a little off. Like Storm, I thought was cool. Where she does, I don't know how it works, but she did like electric powers and she has her <laughs> Uses costume. Like, lightning okay. to make her. I, I I was talking to my son about it this morning. I was like, well, maybe she's like burning her clothes off, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's wearing the costume and underneath. And she's got those huge arm flaps hidden under there somehow. Yeah, which that that was cool. I really liked the costume design for her in the show. That that was in the comics, but it was new. Prior to that, in the comics, she had had like a black costume. Similar style, but black. And then they had brought in the white costume in the comics with the reboot. I like Rogue in this episode because she's not, it's not one of the ones where she just screams the whole time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I like Rogue a lot. I liked her little like quips with her, her Georgia accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I also had a, I had a crush on her, but from the oh, comics, yeah. not from the TV show. I like Rogue a lot. Yeah. A lot of the comics artists. They, they got really risque of Rogue back in the 90s. <laughs> At a formative time for me. <laughs> I, I like her design in this cartoon a lot, too. I like the fact that you see her being a badass, too, multiple times throughout this two-part. I mean, oh, you see yeah. Her rip apart Sentinel's head. Like, she knocks a Sentinel head off at one point. Like, she attacks them when they don't even know what the hell they are. Like, it's, it's cool to see. It's cool to see the X-Men, like, using their powers and fighting. Yeah. And, and that's a cool the good a thing I think the show, the pilot does a good job of is like it introduces each character and introduces what they can do. It's like, here's, here's, all right, so you see this girl, the, the woman in the dress, all right, well, she can fly and she can beat ass and she can get shot and she's fine. And here's this one, she can control weather, there you go, and and so on. I thought that was good. They did a good job of that. They do a good job of introducing the characters, like when after Jubilee gets knocked out and taken back to the mansion, like the first time she wakes up, you're into other characters you didn't meet. Like she runs into Beast, who's climbing on the ceiling. You see, like we were talking about earlier, Morph watching TV and then changing himself like an idiot, like he is. Right. And it's a good way to introduce other characters that you weren't aware of as a kid. This yeah. is your first time seeing this. Now, now was Morph made for the show, or was he in the comics before this? Does anyone know? Uh, he had, to, be, he had I, to been in there before. He. Ha- I'm looking it up right now as we're talking, but I can't see. I'm pretty sure he's an old character. Yeah, see, I thought he was made for the show, but I don't really know. I know that as a kid, like I was saying, I my best friend that we became best friends in the sixth grade, which was sixth grade was like 94. So I had been watching this show for a couple of years and he was like super, super into comics. He just had like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of comics. And I would talk about, oh, and, and you know, this is how Rogue got her powers. Like, that's not how Rogue got her powers. That's how she got him in the cartoon. And he showed me the <laughs> comics and stuff. X-Men 35. Yeah, according to Wikipedia, he was originally Changeling, so he was a redesign oh, okay. for this cartoon. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, I was thinking he and Jubilee were two that were made for the cartoon. And then later added to the comics, kind of like Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Which can Which, definitely make sense, though. I mean, just the way Morph is. I mean, again, they just picked a character to get rid of real quick and make you care. Yeah. And he's uh, he's annoying and mostly useless, so... Yes, I, li- I like later when they break into the facility and he transforms into the guard just to disconcert the guard long enough for him to gas him. And then he mm-hmm. immediately turns back to himself and doesn't go around in disguise while they're breaking into this place. Yeah, which would have made sense. Yeah. And like, you also get to the, even pick him. <laughs> you get to see the danger room for the first time in this cartoon, too, when Jubilee wanders in there by accident. And I thought that was that was that was cool to see because it kind of gives you that introduction to that, too. Yeah, and I wanted to like ask y'all's thoughts on the danger room. Do you think it's supposed to be holograms or is it supposed to be actual like machinery? Because like if it's machinery, Gambit almost dies. I think it's machinery. He yeah, he barely like escapes it, these like metal pistons slamming together that like rip his jacket. He, he he comes in to save her and then Wolverine shows up and just starts fighting Gambit. Well, I <laughs> thought what was happening was that he and he and Wolverine were already fighting in there and she yes. wandered into the middle oh, of their situation. Because it says, you know, yeah, the, Gambit yeah. simulation or something. Yeah, there's a little line or something where she sees something where she sees a reading or there's something that does say that. Yeah, they were fighting each other. And then even though other things happen, Wolverine don't stop fighting because he's an asshole. Yeah, yeah, Wolverine is an extreme asshole in this show. And he was my favorite everything. He was like my favorite character in anything when I was a kid. But I was thinking about it. He he is very much the wharf of this. I was watching a lot of <laughs> Star Trek The Next Generation during this time too. I was that that was like this and Star Trek The Next Generation were like my two favorite shows at this age. 
And and Worf, you know, is presented as ultimate badass, gruff, kind of an asshole, and is never, ever remotely useful and always getting his ass kicked. And that happens with Wolverine a lot, too. He's a little more useful than Worf, but he's still... He's there to be the badass that then gets knocked down. So you go, ooh, wow, that must be a bigger badass because he just knocked down the badass. I didn't really like Wolverine in this. I don't because he's not a team player at all. Like you early on, you have a thing where he's like, I go where I want. Like what you guys said earlier, I go where I want to go multiple times in this two little pilot. Yeah, well, that's that's definitely his thing. He's the you know, he's the Ronin. He's the Ronin samurai guy, like the 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 wandering samurai who doesn't play by other people's rules. But he's such a badass that people have to accept him. Like yeah. when they're breaking into the facility, like Professor X told him he couldn't come, and so then he just like follows them, and he's like, "Man, y'all move, y'all move loud, or y'all are too loud, or something like that." Well, they weren't really sneaking around. I mean, the way yeah. they do it, they send some people in, then they leave Cyclops oh, and Gambit yeah. out there to watch the truck. Like uh, Rogue <laughs> is just like they're supposed to be sneaking up on this place. Rogue just like picks up a boulder that's in their way and tosses it <laughs> just into the woods. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess another thing is this is their first time being the X-Men, too, like being a team and doing stuff. Well, I think it's the first time we're seeing it. I don't know if it's the first time. Well, it's the no. first time the public are seeing it. That's for sure. That's true. OK, yeah. So maybe it is. They've been say it wouldn't be they long. They haven't actually been in the field yet because Cyclops does it. say to, to Professor X, he's like, I know you started us because you want us to do this, but I don't know if we can. And so, yeah, you're you're probably right. And I. And again, you have like like any old cartoon. You have between the first the two episodes, you have that little cliffhanger. Like they go to the door, and oh, it's, they're gonna get ambushed, and the episode ends for next week. Yeah, uh, I, I I don't miss that in old TV where you had to wait like the next week and not stream where you just go, oh, next episode, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. I remember some cliffhangers like that, or the worst were season finales like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, does X Men do that too? I can't remember, but big like see cliffhanger season finales i don't yeah. remember i don't think so i don't think you got that a lot in kids cartoons because yeah. with kids cartoons you never know if it's coming back yeah <laughs> did it sell enough toys or not this, this this season well in the the behind the scenes with cartoons like this back then the network would just order a certain amount and the studio would make all of them at once before the show ever came on the air so the the they would just give them here's 56 episodes of a show and then they would play them and then by the time it could have been renewed for another season, the production company that made it might not even exist anymore. That happened a lot with a lot of shows like Inspector Gadget. They just, the network ordered like 26 episodes. They made them and then Deke moved on and didn't, that, that was it. They were done with this. I think they made the first like season and then it was such a hit that they started making more seasons. Okay. Yeah. Cause you probably, get, it probably, it probably is accurate. I, I want, I bet I can't remember the animation changes or not as the show keeps going. It gets smoother. It definitely looks better, and there's more effects. Sure is rough in these first two episodes. Yeah. That was the first thing I noted when I switched over to Spider-Man. Is it just Even being two years old, it was so much better. Yeah, and Spider-Man actually used some computer stuff, too, a little mm-hmm. bit. This, um, I remember watching like a How They Made It thing about it, and it's like everything about it is, hand, is done by hand. Except for, I think the intro with the rotating X is a compute was was generated by a computer. If I remember, I might be completely wrong. In that that sweet end credits. <laughs> oh my god! Oh yeah, the, I definitely about computer. That. The I, reboot yeah, definitely. computer animation. <laughs> yeah, that's nineties high tech computer computer animation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and like you also in this cartoon, you get to see them making the Sentinels and like fixing the Sentinels too, which I thought was. Like interesting because you know jumping back and forth where Jubilee got taken to Detroit for no reason they just said Detroit Michigan for no reason but she's just there and tied up and then they're like you know like kill her or something it looked like <laughs> yeah I, I thought that was interesting that like the mission Professor X sends them on isn't to rescue Jubilee like you would think that's oh that's obviously what they're gonna go do they're yeah. gonna go rescue Jubilee it's like no you're gonna break in this facility and destroy their records because that's more important I'm like that is more important that's out of character for a ki- for a kids show though I think. I kept thinking of God, what the hell was I going to say? <laughs> well, Fight Club when they were destroying everything. That's all that came to my mind. Oh yeah, should play played the Pixies. <laughs> I thought, I mean, yeah, but you are right. That just seemed very like one. You go rescue the girl, but I guess his, you know, he picked the thing that made more sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, rescue Say the girl would have been the cliche, like you know, cartoon thing to do. And so they're like, no, 
we got we got a mission. Sucks about that girl. Maybe we'll find her eventually. Similarly, with the ending of what happens at the ending is also out of character for like a kid's show. It's why I was watching it last night and I was like, you know what? This is way better. I remember a lot of the dialogue is really cheesy and the <laughs> animation and the art isn't good, but the plot I thought was actually quite good. I didn't make you real happy, Mike, and say that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few of the one. <laughs> So I actually have the, I have the uh, children's book of this episode. Huh. I got it when I was a kid at some point at like a book fair. It's like nice, heavy, like poster board type cover, and it's it's a uh, probably written at like a like a third or fourth grade level. So it's not like a little like like a little kid book. Okay. And I gave it to my son, and uh, and we I would read it to my son when he was a kid. So I remembered the story of this episode really well, but the book. <laughs> doesn't finish it the book just goes to the end of the to be continued and then like has like a page of like and so anyway so morph was dead and that was sad but now he's one of the x-men and it's basically like it doesn't say it like that but that's basically how it ends it doesn't have any of the stuff that happens in the second episode it just ends with them like well then they left and they had to leave morph to die that's sad but that's what happens and (laughs) no one really liked morph anyway so yeah no one liked morph anyway and now we have jubilee it has like the page where Jubilee's parents like you know say goodbye to her and everything, and then that's it. I think it doesn't have any of them <laughs> rescuing. She's that's why I was thinking they are rescuing her at first. Uh, in the book, I think they rescue her from this facility rather than destroy the records. So she's not in Detroit. So that's where the book is different. But SGB, if you read like a couple hundred page novel and you got to the end, it just doesn't wrap up the plot. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the end. Well, I did that. Did it's you, called Wheel of Time. I had to keep. Did you guys books. read like novelizations of comics and stuff when you were a kid? I read movies. Like I read the first couple Spider Mans and the Fantastic Four movies. Oh, okay. I had DC did a series of novels written at like maybe like a fifth or sixth grade level that were uh, they were novelizations of long like arcs in the comics, and they were called like something and beyond. And so they had like Superman, Doomsday, and Beyond, and it covered like the whole death of superman and then resurrection and all that and one like you know 180 page book or 150 page book and they had that batman nightfall and beyond where bane breaks his back and he comes back and all that that's a lot of comics yeah yeah it's like two years of comics but it's huge they're really cool cool, but they i don't i don't know if they had them for the x-men but they had them they had similar things for the cart the x-men cartoon series and i had one of those and it was like six like short stories based on the characters in the comics but it was all like original stories but anyway they were those were pretty cool i was just wondering if y'all had ever seen mm-hmm. those i, have I, not just, I just had one and it had like how how rogue and wolverine became friends and it's like when rogue first joined the squad and wolverine hates her and but then she saves wolverine's life on a mission in japan and stuff and yeah. huh. that's cool i these these sound interesting though yeah I've never gotten all the way through this show. I've never gotten to, I don't think I've ever watched season four or season five. I might've seen some of the dark Phoenix stuff. I'm pretty sure I have a vague memory of that, but I didn't go any farther than that. Yeah. I, I personally like, this is my controversial opinion. I think the cartoon did the dark Phoenix thing better than the comics. Definitely like, better in the movies. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's not saying much like the plot, the plot in the cartoon actually makes a lot of sense. Um, and they don't have to like retcon stuff the way the comics do, where they just like are like, oh well, uh, actually that was like a clone or whatever. <laughs> they don't do that in the in the cartoon. Like they come up with a better explanation for it all. I felt like okay, but I remember that was one of the things where I was like telling my friends like, yeah, and then Phoenix because she because you know they're being attacked, uh, they're they're going to die from radiation, and did, and my friends like, no no no, that's not how the Phoenix happened. <laughs> I'm like, well, and then years later, I've got like the whole Phoenix saga in a uh, trade. And I'm reading it. I'm like, well, this is stupid. <laughs> and there's also a lot of dominatrix stuff in here with the Hellfire Club. And I'd rather have them just where a water is coming and they're going to get flooded. So they just she just becomes a phoenix and dies in the flood. I thought that's how yeah. it works. Well, and that's similar to the cartoon. In the cartoon, <laughs> it's they're in a space shuttle. They're in the space shuttle and they're going to get irradiated. And so she uses her powers to create like a shield around the 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 space shuttle. But then it activates the phoenix. That makes mm. more sense than water. Yeah. Another thing about this cartoon that I think is like gotta must have been a really standout thing. Like we keep talking about how Mike Morph dies and everything, but like as they're escaping and you see them running, like you don't even get it at first. At first you just you see them leaving and then it cuts back to the mansion and Wolverine's all pissed off because they he, left them. He goes, Wolverine fall back and he reaches towards the camera and it cuts to the next scene. Like 
Yeah, okay. I thought that was I thought that was kind of neat that they that they did like a flashback of it later yeah. in the episode in the second episode. It's like, oh, cool! Like they they start they're doing they're messing with like like messing with the time time like that is something you don't expect from a '90s kid cartoon. Yeah. And my wife was kind of half watching. She was a little confused. She's like, "Wait, did they go back?" No, this is before. It's kind of odd to do it, but I guess it's it's just there. I mean, I did laugh when Wolverine does cut the com- and he's like, he has a convertible now when he cuts Cyclops' car. <laughs> I still laugh yeah. at that scene. He's got Wolverine cutting a, things. He's such uh, a dick. Was mm-hmm. the storm's trying to get in the computer and it's locked, and he just stabs it. He goes, "No, it's unlocked." Like, <laughs> it's a filing cabinet. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Cabinet. Apparently, well, I was half watching that when Beast is like hacking the computer and they're running out of time. Storm's like, <laughs> "Never mind." It like just blows up the monitor with a lightning yeah. bolt, and it's like, "Well, that's not going to help." No, that's not. <laughs> that's not how this works. But there is. The whole scene, like when the Sentinels attack them and they get their ass handed to them, Beast gets captured, Morph gets killed in quotations. Like that is such a powerful scene. Still, like I was like, man, that's kind of that's kind of dark to have this in a kids' cartoon in your first episode or your second yeah, episode. Exactly, and and also at the end of this episode, did they ever rescue Beast? No, Beast is in prison. When you watched like when we watched the Days of Future, when I watched the Days of Future Past episode, he's still in prison, which is episode like eleven or twelve of this show. Oh, he stays in prison for a while until something happens and then he gets out of prison. Yeah. Episode 11, 12, he's still in prison. So I forget what happened, but something happens later where he goes to court and he's found innocent or he gets out of it. But yeah, he's just serving until he has his court. That's right. That's right. Well, if you think about it, I mean, they, they did commit kind of an act of terrorism. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, they broke into a government facility and destroyed stuff like, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's the mutant control facility, right? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, so that's not, agency. Yeah, so that's not a government. They're they're a private group. Yeah, they're like Blackwater. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to get away with that. Yeah, you're still not going to get away with like busting into Blackwater, blowing up buildings. Definitely not killing people, but <laughs> they're very careful not to kill anybody. But they're Ruff, still pretty. Rook picks up those two tanks full of guys and just drops them in the water. Like some of those people might not get out. Oh, yeah, they, it shows the, the guys scene, like all, bobbing in the water, and she says something about like. Don't use a car service or something like that. <laughs> like what? So this is our first time. We don't have the clips down yet. Yeah, uh, it's it's not showing times. And, and like we were saying, their powers are so like varied. Like when you see Cyclops fighting Sentinel, sometimes he takes out a foot. Sometimes he does nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like that's not how this works. It's like he decaps, it decapitates the one, and then later on he shoots at one and just kind of knocks it back. Yeah, yeah. it's very odd. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't terrible, though, at times. I don't know. The Sentinel stuff, I, I, I do like seeing the Sentinels, and I, and I was yeah. amused by how powerful they are in this. Like, they, they're just seen as such a huge villain for the, for the X-Men. And now you have uh, Trash making a comment, like, we weren't going to attack the mutants until we had 100 of these. And, like, the right. whole way that they end up finding Jubilee, we should mention, is that they, they damage a Sentinel, and then as it goes in, goes back to Detroit to go get repaired, they just follow it. Yeah. I, I just, felt like they did that on. I, I was, I was. Uh, well, no, they Cyclops comes and like gets captured on purpose. Or, or I guess he doesn't get captured. But. He goes to he goes to the parents' house. The guy calls Guy Ritchie. They send a sentinel, and then he takes out the sentinel, takes out a oh, foot. Oh, right. yeah. But not before his sweet not <laughs> joke because it's the nineties. It's like, yeah, I'll oh. surrender. Not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was stupid. And the sentinel gets back and just crashes in through the skylight. Yeah, and, and it conveniently like knocks, like shot. I guess it trips a breaker or something when it hits that mm-hmm. when it lands, and it so then it like deactivates the security stuff and Jubilee's cell. Eric's just like, can't these things watch where they're going? I thought that was so stupid when it just falls. Yeah. It's just thing like, come on now. Yeah, oh, good stuff. It's it's an odd show, and then I think it ends with you have guy. Oh, you have them talking to some character. Well, you should show Jubilee moving to Xavier's. And you also have somebody throw, I think, was it uh, Gyrick talking about how they, they need to come back and do this? Like, they'll do it somewhere else? Yeah, they're talking about when the, the president shuts them down, he talks about moving them overseas. Okay, that's what it was. Oh, yeah, we're moving the facility overseas, yeah. And I think that's when they go to, that's probably, like, alluding, foreshadowing to when they're at Genosha. 
Oh, yeah. That's, that's later the Sentinel when the Sentinels, uh, they're like the guards at Genosha, the like mutant prison where they all wear like the head exploding collars. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a, this show does get really dark. Yeah. And I was looking, I didn't realize this was made by Saban who made Power Rangers, mm-hmm. but that makes complete sense. Saban made a lot of stuff though. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was recently I just finished watching all the episodes of uh, the toys that made us <laughs> and they talked to the Power uh-huh. Rangers episode. They talked about Saban a lot and got into their history. It was really interesting. No, that stuff is really good. Toys that made us is amazing. Yeah, it was really good. And they made a spinoff that's movies. Mm-hmm. That's also really good. Unfortunately, like three episodes, I think three or four. Uh, OK, yeah, I just, watched, more, but... I just watched the Ghostbusters one last night. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> There's some good stuff in there. I mean, so as a, like, since there are certain episodes that really stick with me, like the one you're talking about, I think it's called uh, Slave Island is the name of the episode. Yeah. I always think of the episode eight, the, Unstop- the Unstoppable Juggernaut. That's the one that stuck with me the most that mm-hmm. I remember. I, I must watch it a lot as a kid. Is that the one where yeah. the main comes from? I don't the think ju- so. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, but I don't think that's, I can't remember. How about I mean, the was, movie? It was just so good that if they had to put it in the third movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, where the internet dubbed in him saying that uh-huh. in the cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, because Juggernaut was in the show a lot, off and on, because they did the whole, in the in the cartoon, anyway, he was uh, Xavier's brother, or stepbrother. It's not in the comics? I, I don't, well, I don't know. I There's different remember. origins in the comics based on which, point. yeah. I, I know that I in that novelization book I had, it did like the whole, the backstory of how he got the gym and all that stuff. But it, which was different from the comics, I know. Okay. Yeah, I can't see myself wanting to watch more of this, though. So, but I, I know that, at least in the cartoon, the Juggernaut is not a mutant. Yeah, it's got the, the gem of Sidorak. Yeah. Hmm. I don't yeah. know. I think, I think if my son wanted to watch this, I would sit down and watch it with him. I thought it was uh, watching it last night, and then I rewatched it this morning. And I was like, you know, this is actually... It's not that bad. It's it's fine for a '90s cartoon show. Like I can imagine, a lot of stuff was way worse. You know, like it's it's <laughs> mm-hmm. way better than a lot of '80s stuff, like Transformers and He-Man and stuff that were just god awful. Did you ever watch the Iron Man cartoon? It's just gonna say yeah. there was an Iron Man of Fantastic Four one about the same time. I yeah. Well, they it was like yeah. I watched uh, basically. I was I watched way too much television back then, and I watched like all of the Iron Man, all of the. Um, Fantastic Four. There was an Avengers one. I think the Avengers, Avengers one until later. later. Yeah, the Avengers one might have been later. I watched all of the all of, all of the Spider Man, all of, and of course all the DC ones too. I was just like, I was still watching these things when I was like 14, 15 years old. Oh, there's some good shows. I, I remember watching a lot of them. I haven't gone back to a lot of them. I did go back one time watch a lot of the Spider Man cartoon, but yeah, the DC stuff holds up better. Like I rewatched uh, some of Batman the Animated Series. And it, and it and it's real. It's actually still really good. A lot of it. I was almost in the pilot test. That was yeah, the runner up for this on the poll. Yeah, that 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 holds up a lot better. The the pilot of of uh, the Batman animated series is not great, but it's a good show. <laughs> and it's not bad. It's just it's it's a it's kind of a, a boring story. But mm-hmm. and the Batman Beyond is really good. Oh yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, the first Maybe two seasons. Covering those eventually because we are going to do more of these pilot test episodes. I don't yeah, know. That, that's the one I was thinking of with the intro where it looks CG and none of it's CG. It's all it's all yeah, practical yep. and hand animated and like model like clay models and stuff that are running through like a filter. There's no actual computer generated graphics in it, but it looks like it's all computer generated graphics. Someday we'll find out. Yeah. I need to watch that and beyond. Any last things you guys want to say about the pilot or anything we should cover before we wrap this up? I I mean I just thought it was like you mentioned, I thought it was kinda like brave and breaking the mold to have a show where we're going to actually literally kill a character in the first episode. Like if this kid's cartoon show, we're going to kill a character. They're going to die. We're going to have another character that you really like end up in prison. And more comes back as a, is a villain, but not for a while. And it's not like it was a, a well-established character that everyone really cared for. It's just this, this doofy guy. <laughs> I still know. I forget oh, when yeah. he comes back, but it's it's if I remember correctly, it's not for a bit. Oh, I think he comes back like the final season, maybe even. No, I don't think it's that. I've seen it, so I don't think it's yeah. that late. Oh, okay, so it's not the final season. It's late though. Yeah, he comes back as a villain, and I feel like he's impersonating the the guy that 
runs the mutant control agency. I feel like he comes back as a villain, and then it turns out it's actually Morph. Huh. But I could be misremembering. I'm getting it. I might maybe getting it mixed up with the first uh, X Men movie also, because <laughs> you have a, the very similar character that's the senator that's trying to pass a mutant control act, and then it turns out Mystique is actually like uh, imitating him. Mm-hmm. I have no recollection of that movie. <laughs> it's uh, it doesn't hold up great, but it's not that bad. Yeah, it's, I haven't it's, seen it's it. Time. In many, many years. I just remember it exists and that's it. I, I bought the like the director's cut. <laughs> the, it's like X-Men 1.5 is what it's called, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. It's it's not bad. It's it's really not bad. Just The second X-Men movie is a lot better, but has the dumb ending. And then they just <laughs> fall from there. <laughs> yeah, Something I'll, I'll give this cartoon... Major major props of, especially over that first movie, is way more colorful than all oh, the yeah. black and leather and stuff in that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. I think until Avengers, like movie, move, comic book movies were usually afraid to make the characters colorful, and when they did, it didn't work out. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you had a lot of bad comic book movies too. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, you look at a lot of the the well, what you had. I mean, I think X Men's really the big one, right? I mean, where they're they're all black leather. Hugh Jackman makes a joke of like, why not yellow spandex? It's like, yeah, no, why not yellow spandex? Just go for it. And they finally did in first class. People with silly powers from from mutations. Let's let them have silly powers. powers. Well, we got to make it cool. Yeah, 90s cool. Got to catch the sunglasses. No, that's Blade. <laughs> hey, that's a good movie. That okay. Blade is awesome. I rewatched that just like a couple of months ago. That holds up 100%. There's an episode about that movie. Film uh-huh. something at but we did it. We covered it last year. Yeah, last October. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, to uh, Mike, we had we had to watch it, but I like it. That's probably why I watched it. <laughs> I, I still think it holds up. Whenever y'all have the episodes about them, we appreciate that. All right, before we go to shelf stacker box, I should ask: um, Do you think this would this episode draw you to want you this pilot make you want to watch more? No. <laughs> <laughs> like like I said, I, I know I've seen some of this show, but I think it was a little too dark for my taste at the time. It was like. It felt too adult for a kid's show, if that makes any sense. So by the time Spider-Man came out, I was ready for something light and fun. And even though it has its dark moments, too. Yes-ish. It does make me want to watch more, but I probably won't. (laughs) Okay. And for me, no, not really. I mean, I I watch it because I had to, but I don't want to watch more of it. It just didn't do it for me. It's not, you know, it's a show set in the 90s and it's the 90s and it's, it's hard to go back to. Mm-hmm. I will watch more of it, I'm sure, for episodes of this show, but I have no plan to. It doesn't make me want to see more. As a kid, yes. As an adult, I'm I'm done. It's kind of wild that they didn't start with the X Men versus the Brotherhood and establish both teams right up front to get you invested. Yeah. To, to focus on Jubilee and the Sentinels is like, yeah, that's cool and all, but for your pilot, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good point because. Magneto is going to be, you know, he's in the opening credits as like the obvious like counter to Professor X. Mm-hmm. And then he's not in the, you would think he'd be in the first episode. And like I was mentioning earlier with the comic reboot that this is drawing a lot of stuff from, he's on the cover. He's on, he's on the, the, the back cover of that too. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like the Brotherhood thing would have made more sense as a pilot. I agree with you. Yeah. I wonder if that's why they had that weird scene of Sabretooth right at the beginning. It's like, don't don't worry, we got villains coming. We swear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, the Sentinel things work because I actually i I know as a kid I had that big Sentinel toy from Toy Biz. Oh wow! I, I I'm hoping I still I when I go back because my parents have all my old toys still in piles. I'm hoping I can find it because if I can put that back together, it's going on a shelf. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be really cool. I I know the feet came apart and the hands came apart and the chest piece came off, so I'm worried that. When I find him, he will not have any of those parts. Yeah, that's that's a lot of mine. Like, I, I found my He-Man. I had, like, a ton of He-Man toys, and I found them, and, like, everything's in pieces. Like, all the, the vehicles and stuff are missing. They're, like, guns and grappling hooks and stuff. Yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping it, it's around there somewhere, because I also had a Galactus, too, when I was a kid. Oh, wow. I had a big Galactus. I remember that. So, I don't yeah, know, the, the only big thing I had like that is I had the Daily Bugle playset. Oh, nice. And, uh, and, uh, and I had Castle Grayskull, of course. <laughs> yeah, this made me want to go find my old toys now after watching this cartoon, though. So it did that for me. Yeah. 
makes me want to go dig in my parents' base, my parents' garage, and find this scrap. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like this show was made to sell toys. It works. Yeah, because it got me really wanting to go find my old. Because I have a bunch of these old toy biz toys, and it made me really want to go find them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it worked in that. All right, I think we should go to shelf stacker box. And Mike, why don't you go first? I think we kind of covered it, and whether or not we would want yeah. to continue with the series. This is it. It's fine. I can see why people like it, but it's just it's not for me. So it'd be in the box. Okay. And how about you, Carrie? Well, remember what is stack? It's is like in between. The, yeah, the gray area. Uh, yeah, I'd say stack. It's it's something worth watching, but I don't know if I'm gonna keep watching it. Probably not. Okay. And I'll go last. I'm gonna put this in the box. Also, I I had a little bit of enjoyment out of it, but mainly just because I had to watch it. <laughs> I wasn't really in, <laughs> into it. I it didn't grab me. I mean, I want to watch the Phoenix Saga now again because I haven't seen it in years. But this cartoon is it, it isn't what I want. So going in the going in the box, I'm I'm good. <laughs> this is what people paid for <laughs> to hear us crap on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure somebody's really upset with us right now. Uh, yeah, we did kind of crap on it. I mean, it's fine. It's just 90s, and I'm not big into 90s stuff anymore. I guess or not something like a cartoon. It's hard to go back to kids' cartoons. Mm-hmm. They just don't hold up the way that you remember anymore because you know we're an adult <laughs> yeah and that's all yeah it's i don't know the, the way new, newer cartoons are written and it's it seems like it's more appealing to all ages whereas i don't know there's something about this i feel like i'm contradicting myself because i said it felt like it was more adult than a kid's show but there's just something about it i can't latch on to it's just the fact that stuff was made very disposable uh-huh. And like sometimes the stuff was just made to sell toys, and that's really what it was for. Transformers. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them were just made to sell toys. I mean, Transformers. I mean, most of the, I mean, the toys don't sell. The show don't keep going. Young Justice, an example, got canceled because the toys didn't sell. Yeah, yeah. That's int- yeah. Watching that, the toys that made us, you, it really hammers home how it's like the toys come first, the show comes second, or even sometimes like third or fourth. Yeah. I mean, it's just that's just how it is, and yeah. You know, as in, a, you know, and I go back and I look at it and I'm like, OK, that, you know, you can see it. Yeah, it's just it, it feels like now it's like the opposite, you know, like you have like a, a movie come out and then you have toys that go with the movie. It feels like it must be it like it's not designed that way. But yeah, when you watch those cartoons, you're like, oh, yeah, no, that's clearly why they, you know, they kill Optimus Prime in the movie <laughs> is because they were bringing out a new toy line. And they needed us to get used to Optimus. They wanted us to buy Optimus Mac uh, packs or whatever his name is. Oh, and a funny story. I never I would never get to say anywhere else uh, because of the show. I bought the Sabretooth figure. And when I know when I bought Sabretooth, I had to I went to a KB toys in my local mall that doesn't exist anymore. And yeah. I couldn't get the gate open. So I went and rolled underneath the gate, picked out my toy, paid for it and rolled back out from under the gate. <laughs> like Indiana Jones. <laughs> I still I got my Sabretooth. My toy biz, Saber Two toy. Oh, that's great! I forgot about that story, but I'm looking at toys right now as we're talking, and I saw his toy, and I'm like, "Oh yeah!" So that's funny. All right, I think that should about wrap this episode. And uh, Carrie, where can people find you since you're our guest? Hey, all right. So uh, main thing is I'm on Twitch at Carusetta, K-E-R-O-O-S-E-T-A. Same name on YouTube and uh, Instagram, but mostly Twitch, where I do uh, repairs and modifications of retro video game consoles, and I play Dark Souls and play Dungeons & Dragons with my friends, so a lot of content there. And you will see a link in the show notes for his YouTube channel, or Twitch, or both, whatever he sends me. (laughs) So that will be in there. And I also want to give a shout-out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bowie, a.k.a. Mike Stoney from the CP Bite the Bullet. Song's a cool kid squad. Definitely go check him out. You see a link in in the show notes. And I also want to Thank you guys for voting on Patreon, because thanks to Patreon, we had this episode, because you guys voted. Otherwise, we would have covered Spider-Man like we wanted to, or Batman. I don't know, so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> instead we, we shit it on your show that you guys voted for. <laughs> so, please, definitely go check out our Patreon vote. We do have a current poll going on right now with um animated movie, and it's already up. It's a Batman movie, a Green Lantern film, Turtles film, and a Marvel film, Hulkverse. So, definitely go check that out. You will go see a link in the show notes for our Patreon. And as low as a dollar, you can go vote and you can decide what we watch. Because every month we're going to have a new poll. I don't know what they're all going to be, but there'll be a new poll every month. I can guarantee you that. And also want to give a shout out to our our, our our buddy, Bill Tucker, who has his has his podcast live. A Gamer Looks at 40. You will see a link in the show notes. Definitely go check him out if you need a new podcast to listen to. 
and please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.